Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. The university where you learn everything going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can get from it for your own life. Educational, inspirational, what can make it better? Having the sexiest podcast host in the whole world. All the other sexy podcast hosts were taken out by my hitman. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. My name is Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture on TikTok. Take a seat in their classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here including the bisexuals, especially the bisexuals. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. I'm so sorry that I missed last Friday's class, but I think you'll forgive me after you hear all the crazy, exciting activities I was doing with celebrities and why I had to leave you guys with a substitute. But I did not like being away, so thank you all for being so patient. Today's class, I will hope will make up for it i'm gonna tell you all about my experience of going to the heiress tour meeting one of my favorite pop stars making tiktoks with her and then there's some insane amazing actually drama that we must talk about including taylor swift and maddie healy breaking up and what caused their miraculous split we must talk about uh kylie jenner and timothy chalamet a major relationship update that i think will trigger a lot of you guys and the weekend's new HBO Max show called The Idol that is taking inspiration from his ex-girlfriend Selena Gomez's traumatic life to exploit her for his own personal gain to write and produce this show that he's hoping will be a mega hit. We're going to talk about why it's about Selena Gomez, the reviews, and how well it's doing in its premiere week. So before the bell rings and class begins, make sure you subscribe Leave a review, five stars. You're already here. You may as well do so. Tell all your friends about it. Tuesday, Friday, class attendance is mandatory or your grade will drop. I'm that kind of teacher. Screenshot yourself listening to it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I'll hit you up. If you have screenshotted it and I did not hit you up in that rare occasion, it's because my Instagram DMs are annoying and unorganized and insane. But I do not purposely not repost anyone so just do it again and i think there's zero chance i would not see it two times in a row but for those of you who know you know i really do repost so i'm very thankful for your reposting and i try to do my best and we're gonna end today's class with a marvelous what would you like to share with the class segment in which one of your peers told me some crazy personal drama that's going on in their lives and we're gonna spill it for everyone so you know what some of your classmates are going through and what kind of people are in this class so without further ado get in your desk face forward pay attention because pop culture university is beginning You guys, the day I've been waiting so long for and paid over a thousand dollars for has 
finally arrived this weekend and I went to the Eras Tour. The tour to end all tours. The tours that's making Taylor Swift a billion air. The tour that is everyone's personality online and any annoying person you know cannot shut up about, including myself, because I incessantly talk about Taylor Swift right now. I'm really in my Swifty era. I feel like you guys are going to stop listening to this podcast if all I talk about is Taylor Swift, but I just can't help it. I'm I'm in love. I'm obsessed. So I went to her era's tour this weekend in Chicago, and I felt like I was meeting my maker. Like it was judgment day. Seeing her in front of me for the first time, it was like I was facing... God. I really believe Taylor Swift is the Michael Jackson of our time. She's Michael Jackson level famous. No one can convince me otherwise. And you guys, the whole city was turned upside down. There were three nights in Chicago at a massive stadium called Soldier Field. The capacity is like 70,000 and she sold it out three nights in a row. And Chicago was turned into Chirac because of the way that people were going to die in traffic wanting to so eagerly get to that stadium. I was driving there and I had to swerve off the road multiple times because you crazy people who came from other states, everyone around me had a license plate from a different state, Alabama, Arkansas, whatever. You all do not know how to drive in Chicago. You ran my little Hyundai off of the road and had people in my backseat screaming. I was actually in fear, shaking on Lakeshore Drive and had seven mini heart attacks because of the insane humans who were given a driver's license and allowed to operate heavy machinery. Driving in Chicago is not the easiest thing and you can tell who knows how to do it and who is freaking out and making the worst impulsive decisions on the road. People were so eager to get there as fast as they could that they were cutting you off as if they didn't even look. The amount of times I just screamed and had Jesus take the wheel and ended up on the shoulder of the road, I don't know how I didn't crash. Please never return. Also, well, let me tell you my outfit first before I tell you something traumatic that happened to me on the way. I was the lover era Taylor, specifically you need to calm down Taylor Swift. I don't know if you saw my incredible outfit on my Instagram at Petty Pop Culture. I've been spamming with Eras Tour content. But I was that scene in the music video where she's going out to the pool in the pink fur coat and her trailer is burning down behind her. But she's so calm that she's just chilling in the pool as her house burns down. I was that Taylor. And she has the tattoos on her back of the snake that uh, turns into butterflies. The whole night before, I was tattooing my back with a big snake and like a hundred different butterflies. I did it myself, individual tattoos, each and every one. Uh, like, and I was I was doing it in my bathroom, and I put a mirror in front of my mirror so I could see my back as I did it. And my shoulder has never stretched that much in my life, especially trying to reach the middle of my back, like those ones. I really thought I was just gonna pull a muscle. I felt like Elastigirl now best stretch of my whole life uh my wingspan probably got longer but it took like three hours but i really think it paid off because everyone loved them i was hoping andrea swift would see me and tell me i'm gonna get the 22 hat but that did not happen maybe that's a little bit homophobic in my opinion but really everyone loved it and it's so fun just waiting for the tour to start when you get there because it's like a Swifty festival. You just get to hang out with all the other Taylor Swift lovers and see everyone's expensive and well thought out costumes that 
they were going to wear just to show off to each other. And I really encourage you to dress up if you have tickets and you haven't gone because you're just going to feel more in the moment and be more excited and a part of the Swifty community. And since I was the you need to calm down, Taylor, I and and like I was in the scene without uh, like that. She's in a bathing suit. I was the male version of that. So I just had on my swim trunks and I didn't have a shirt under my pink coat and I wanted to show off my back tattoo. So my pink coat was like half off the whole time and my nipples were out. I was basically shirtless, but no one cared. Like no security guard said anything. I, I thought maybe that was slightly inappropriate. I'm surprised I did not get confronted the whole night. People just ate that shit up though. I think they liked my tattoos that much that they were like, we don't care that he's naked. I also was wearing some socks that had the rainbow pride colors on because that's her gay anthem and it's pride month. So how much more appropriate could it be? But when I was at the gas station before pumping my gas, uh, because traffic was so bad, I was wasting three times the amount of gas just sitting in the traffic that I was heckled by a homophobe while just peacefully trying to pump my gas. So I was almost done filling up my tank, uh, just standing there looking sexy at the shell. And right as I pull it out, I hear a guy at the pump next to me, some nasty middle-aged MAGA supporter. He yells, pride sucks. And I turn to him and I think he says, I thought he said, I like your socks. <laughs> so I go, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> he was probably so confused why I was reacting like that. And then I saw his face and he looked angry. Like he just wanted to take a shit or something. And then he goes, that's disgusting. And points at me. So I say, oh, he didn't say I like my your socks. He said pride sucks. And I panicked in that moment. I, I don't like, like I'm not, I, like I don't get shameful or sad when those things happen. I just get a little panicked because I'm never going to fight one of them. It's not worth my gorgeous face getting punched or anything happening to me to stoop to their level. So I just try to leave the situation. And I'm not going to change their mind. You know, I'm not going to debate with them if pride sucks or not. So I just quickly take out the pump. And I, I was doing it so frantically that the gas like squirted everywhere and got all over, all, all over my arms and my hand. And I probably looked like a scaredy cat. Like he really got to me or something. But I just like quickly wrapped up my gas buying. Didn't even hit the I don't want the receipt button. Just left because I just don't want any trouble. But it really annoys me that me just wearing what I want to can anger someone. Because he was wearing what he wanted to. But as a straight man, he gets the privilege of not having to worry about someone getting mad at what he just wants to wear to feel good. And I don't get that. So it was unfortunate. But when I got there, all the Swifties were so accepting and happy. And there were so many people in the same exact outfit as me. And we were all hanging out and talking and taking photos together. Lil Nas X was in the audience as well. Gay icon, speaking of gay, 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 gay. He was there. I walked past him. I blew him a kiss. He blew me a kiss back. His security was like, go away. But Lil Nas X was like, honestly staring at me for a while. I didn't expect the eye contact to be held like that. But I blew him a kiss and he was like waving at me and batting his eyes. And I was like, ooh, I may not get the 22 hat tonight, but I might get something from Lil Nas X. That would make me feel very special. Um, but yeah, he blew me a kiss. I wish he just blew me. But yeah, 
my seats were like decent they were on the floor i wasn't super close but that's really all i could get because of how frantically you had to buy them on ticketmaster that day when the great war of um the eras tour mm, mastercard sale happened so they were okay I, I think they could be a little better but i still had the time of my life it was so worth it in every single aspect of the word now have you guys heard that taylor amnesia is going around taylor swift is giving her fans like mass memory loss and this is a real thing a lot of swifties who are going to this show are reporting that they don't remember going at all once they leave they are all saying that they remember that they were there but they don't remember anything of the three hours that taylor swift was on stage they forgot what song she performed they forgot how they felt when she was performing them they don't remember the set list or what the show looked like the memory's just gone and this is happening to a lot of people this isn't just some crazy fan lying and trying to make it all about them and to get attention there's so many reports about this that news um networks are talking about it and doctors are explaining what they're actually experiencing and it's this phenomenon called post-concert amnesia and basically what happens is that your brain is exposed to so much exciting stimuli happening so fast like one after the other boom 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 and you're so happy and joyous and taking it all in and stimulated to the max that the way memory formation works is disrupted so you won't be able to take everything in and have short-term memories uh, start the process of long-term memory formation because you're just going from one short-term memory to the next. So a few days later, you'll forget it because long-term memories just weren't able to be made. So I was like genuinely curious if that was going to happen to me, but I'm proud to report that I remember the whole thing. Every single part of the whole show and it was kind of traumatic. No one talks about how physically demanding that tour is. But let me just tell you, it didn't really hit me that I was about to see the Taylor Swift, the woman that I spend so much of my life listening to, is so powerful, uh, a great philosopher of our time, the Shakespeare of our time, and that I've just spent so many hours playing into my ears and affecting me emotionally in really real ways. Like, she was right in front of me. It didn't really hit that that was about to happen until the countdown. And she needs to prep us a little bit more. She needs to get us a little bit more wet with some foreplay. Because the countdown was only two minutes long. Imagine just being totally chill and calm for the openers. And then you see on the screen all of a sudden that Taylor Swift is going to be in your face in just two minutes. How do you prepare for that? I need a 30-minute countdown for her to really take it in. So I was screaming when the countdown happened. I was like, in two minutes, the Taylor, the Taylor Swift, I can't, oh my God. Everyone around me probably thought I was so annoying. I was jumping the highest I've ever jumped in my life because I was like a little excited dog when their owner comes home. I, I just couldn't help how excited I was. My calves are sore today because of how much I was jumping. Um, and let me just tell you all the physical injuries I acquired during my performance at the Eras Tour, just watching her. I didn't pace myself for the lover and the fearless sets because those are the first two that she does. I was totally exhausted after the first two eras and she does nine different eras. So for the last seven, I felt like I got shot in the face. I felt like I got hit by a truck and ran a marathon. My throat was bleeding. I like there, there was blood in my mouth because I was screaming so loud by the third era, by the evermore 
era. I pulled muscles in my neck during the reputation era for ready for it because I was so excited. I actually felt discs slip out of my vertebrae and pops happen. Like, like, like I felt thick pops in, in, in the muscles in my neck, uh, my upper back and just my whole back hurt so bad during the whole show. I was actually like falling over. People in my section definitely hated me. Me and my friend spilled our drink on an old man behind us. Um, <laughs> he was old and bald. <laughs> so on the way home, she was like, remember when we spilled our drink on that, on old bald? <laughs> I was like, why are we referring to him as old bald? Uh, so sorry, old bald, <laughs> for spilling our drink on you. But yeah, it was just crazy. I felt like my whole face was imploding underwater from how hard I was screaming. All the blood vessels, all the blood vessels in my head popped. My veins were sticking out. My friend threw up at one point and then in the bathroom and then came back. But it was amazing. She was better live than I could have ever imagined. The song seemed better live because you just like see the words coming out of her mouth and they seem more real and powerful. Like when she was singing The Man and she got to the line like they said hustled put in the work they wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this i deserve it was cool because you see like the like the the how much of this she deserves in real time she's doing a stadium tour and she's like has a real look on her face of frustration like they wouldn't question how much of this i deserve and it's like you know what they wouldn't y'all don't hear her like, the song is powerful, but when you really see it live, you really hear her. Ugh. It was so good. Some some people are, are reporting that when they go, they feel like her voice sounds higher pitched in person. I felt like she sounded the exact same. I didn't think her tone sounded different. I didn't think, like, her live vocals straight on the microphone were anything different than we get in the studio. But a lot of people say she she just sounds a little bit, like, like higher pitched in person. And it kind of... Catch, catches them off guard at first i don't agree with that um there was one point where so oh, oh okay, okay so for the surprise song i was there night two so i heard you all over me and i don't want to live forever i i was happy with those i wish we got better ones different ones but i'm not gonna say i did enjoy them because i did i love taylor and all her songs so whatever she wants to perform i'm down for it maren morris came out I w I'm not too hip on her. The middle is a decent song. <laughs> Baby, why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little. Like, I don't care. So <laughs> it was it was like, oh, cool, Maren Morris. But I, I, I didn't really care. But on the third night in Chicago, she did Hits Different. And I did one of those TikToks where before the show, I said, if Taylor performs this surprise song, I'll do this. But my little prediction was if she does hits different, I'll start an OnlyFans and post my whole penis. <laughs> so she didn't do it my night, but she did it the next night. So I'm just going to be real with y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm always very honest with my podcast listeners. You guys get the real tea, the, the, the real me. I edited myself listening to an audio of her singing hits different and introducing it as if I was at the third night of the show, but I was really at the second. I didn't see Hits Different Live. But I edited it so well. People on TikTok, when I posted the video of me pretending I heard it, 
were just fully convinced and they were like uh-oh start the only fans where's the link we're excited for the link we're gonna subscribe and i just knew it'd be funny content um but yeah i'm gonna just be real with y'all i didn't actually hear it but as a content creator you just have to look out for those little gems of opportunity to make something funny and get a reaction out of people but i'm not gonna be a full liar i'm gonna come clean about it but yeah it was so worth it it was worth my 950 dollars ticket and my parking and my outfit and everything it was great and i would so do it again and pay double but please drop the ticket prices next time something else i did on thursday when i was supposed to be making last podcast episode is i was meeting another love of my life pop superstar ava max that was just as important to me as the taylor swift show because you guys i got to not only go to her concert for free but i got to meet her and go up to her dressing room and hang out with her for a bit and like get to know her face to face. It was so crazy. If you don't know her, she sings, um, Oh, she's sweet but a psycho. And Kings and Queens, the motto. She's a lot of hits. She's a she's a huge star. And I just know she'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But she's one of my favorite. Her song, Maybe You're the Problem, was my number one for 2022. She just brings out the gayness in me. She's for the gays. And we can't thank her enough. She's like just as important to us as poppers. We can't get enough of her. <laughs> um, but I got to like meet a lot of members on her team and go out to dinner with one of them before. I was like such an obsessed fan. We went to a seafood place and we got oysters. And I was talking to someone on her team and I was like, I only am going to try these oysters because I've never had them because I saw Ava Max eat oysters in her music video because she does. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, you're such a freak. <laughs> I'm like that girl in Mean Girls who's like, I saw Ava Max eat oysters, so I'm eating oysters. I didn't love the oysters. Um, I don't know if you, any of you have had them. Uh, you have to really like seafood to want to drink like salty fish water and eat a, a mucus boogery texture like inside of whatever kind of animal an oyster is because it's nasty because not only do you have to chew like the insides oh my god i'm gonna throw up i don't know why like i feel like i was on the fear factor when i was eating those i feel like i was doing some reality competition eating challenge and i'm surprised i didn't throw up but i really held it together i was i like ate it and you don't only have to eat it, like, you have to drink the water that's in it. Oh, my God. It wasn't that bad. But I wouldn't do it again. I don't feel the need to eat an oyster ever again. Do you want to know something crazy, though? This is really crazy. You you guys, this, this is really ab absurd. You, you know who paid for that dinner? Who paid for my dinner that day? Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. The op of Taylor Swift, who I just saw as well. I'm, I was, like, playing both sides. Because guess who manages Ava Max? Scooter Braun. He manages a lot of great celebrities, though. So so don't come for Ava Max. He manages Ariana and Justin and Demi and Tori Kelly and huge roster. Huge roster. And he is a really powerful man who makes a lot of things happen for his clients. So I'm, I, I guess I can never fully hate him because he manages some of my faves of all time. But yeah, um, the meal went on the company card. So Scooter Braun technically paid for my dinner the other night. It's the least he can do for taking Taylor Swift's music and profiting off of it. At least I got some of that. But anyway, I got to go to her concert. And then after the show, I got to go meet her. 
in her dressing room because we were just going to make a TikTok together, which we did. And you will see on my account and my Instagram in the following days. So get excited for that. But all I can say is she's so sweet and so phenomenal and amazing. Um, I was I was talking to people on her team and I was like, I feel like Ava comes across a little shy in interviews. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But she was really high energy and excited and like bouncing around. She just came off the stage and she was about to go to her meet and greet. So she kind of had to have that high energy, but she was not shy at all. Um, she was so funny, cracking the funniest jokes. I feel like we were making, like I was a bit nervous. So I was freezing a bit. The first thing she said to me was like, do you want some popcorn? And I was just looking at her in awe that she's talking to me. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want some popcorn. And I took like one piece I'm so embarrassing. But I think she knew how big of a fan I was. I think they told her before we met because she was like teasing me about it in just the funniest way. Like she was going to hug me and then like pretended like she was just going to walk by me and hug like someone else to get me all excited and then just walk by me. And I like slouched to the ground. I was like, oh my God, she's teasing me. Oh my God, she's so sweet but psycho. I love her. Ah! But it really went amazing. And she's just the best at performing. She gets better and better. I saw her perform two years ago. And we met back then because I was, like, stalking her on her tour bus. Um, but we both, like, I showed her the picture that we met before. And she was like, we both look better. So we we both, like, glue up together because that's what we do. That's what besties do together. Um, but, yeah, it was so exciting. I feel like I had such an amazing weekend. Highlight of my life. So I feel like the only reason I missed the podcast was for an amazing life-changing weekend that I'm still on a high from, but I would never purposely do that again. Some other exciting news is I was given my lease to move to LA now. So I guess after this exciting weekend of hanging with all these celebrities and seeing these celebrities, I'm really just diving headfirst into the world of celebrities itself. I feel like it's all just coming together and it was a, such a busy weekend and it's going to be such a busy few weeks because I have to move in 12 days now. They were really dragging this conversation of if I'm going to get the apartment or not for a long time. And now that I know I have it, my move-in date is very soon. And I don't have a lot of time to repair. So it's going to be a whole scramble and like saga trying to get this all wrangled together in 12 days so stay tuned for how that goes but what can we learn from my weekend that i just went on and on about i'm like i should probably make this podcast less than an hour and then it's 25 minutes in and i'm just talking about the first segment still but um i think what we can learn from this weekend where i was getting all these amazing opportunities to meet celebrities and yada yada things that i've only dreamed of before and now also getting to move to LA is that I think we can learn that the universe gives you stage directions. That's what RuPaul always says. The universe gives you stage directions of what you're meant to do and how those dreams will come to you in a very f flowy state. They will flow to you. Uh, the universe wants you to achieve them. It's giving you signals and placements and where to go and it's giving you signs and stage directions you just have to be paying attention very closely to see them and don't shy away from the stage directions 
follow them. Don't self-sabotage um, because the universe has got your back and it's telling you where to go. And you, you need to follow uh, the natural good impulses of where it's telling you to go. So I feel like me getting all these great opportunities, well, the same weekend I get served my lease is like a sign to go do it and take the jump and the risk and the leap because that's the stage direction the universe is giving me. So whatever stage direction you feel like the universe is giving you, maybe you see signs throughout your day of this dream that you have that you have not uh, wanted to start yet or have been nervous to. You get these little signs at the time that you really should. And the stage directions can be so subtle and tiny, but you feel them and you know and you can't deny them even though you want to because something mentally still may be holding you back, but just don't let them. Very exciting music news. This is super, super, super exciting. Like, Sue Upside postponed going to live a little bit longer because Nicki Minaj announced that she is dropping her new album on October 20th. Kind of a while from now, but close enough where I can still get excited. What, that's four months? Yeah, because we're already in June. Isn't it crazy that June's the sixth month and October's the 10th? That seems like they they seem like so far away, but they're really not. So four months, I cannot wait. This is going to be her first album in five years. And Nikki has been giving these other rap girls their time to shine. But they got to move around once the queen is queening. She's about to line them all like fractions with this new album. Anytime she takes a break, the game be so boring. But she's back to take the throne. And I can't wait. I know this album will be amazing. Super Freaky Girl and Red Ruby DeSleeves are both on it, and they're the two first singles, and they've set the bar pretty high. So I think this is going to be one of her best albums to date, and I feel like she's gonna like she's really putting her whole budisi into this, and we're in for a massive treat. And I can only imagine what she has up her sleeve. I feel like her bars are just getting better and better, and that's really saying something because she's always been such a phenomenal rapper. So I hope everyone shows up and shows out for her. And I just know this is going to be incredible. Olivia Rodrigo also announced new music finally coming June 30th. That's very soon. What? Like three or four weeks? She has such massive standards to live up to. I'm a little nervous for her. Like the last time someone had this big of an album to follow was like Taylor Swift after 1989. She has or like Taylor Swift after Fearless. She has huge shoes to fill following the blockbuster success that made her a household name after one album. Like, who's doing it like her? As much as I want to hate on Olivia because of her little bit of beef with Taylor and the fact that she's not claiming to be a Taylor Swift fan anymore after she used that as her whole brand in 2021 and her whole title was, I'm Taylor Swift's child and she's my mother and I'm the biggest Swifty in the whole world. It was it just giving insincere to me. But she does make some good ass pop songs. And she is the I feel like me and her are like soul sisters. We're we're scissor sisters. We have the same amount of angst 
in us. And I really relate to her music on a spiritual level. So I cannot wait. I know it will be good. She's not going to disappoint. I just don't know if it will be as good. But I have the highest hopes for her. And I, I, and I know she can do it. So it'll just be very interesting to see. Uh, some so Something else that's crazy that we need to give an update on is that has nothing to do with music at all. Like this is like a hard turn. But Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet, the couple that literally does not make any sense is pigs flying is pigs flying yeah they are still going strong i guess because the first paparazzi photos of them were taken someone was like fully stalking them because they were taken in i believe timothy chalamet's backyard and it's just them hanging out in like casual clothes like sweatpants and baggy t-shirts together looking like they're quite comfortable that's so interesting that they're just lounging around the house hanging out what do they talk about what do they have in common that they are so comfortable together in his house like that? And I'm sorry, I, I just can't see them like hooking up. That to me feels wrong. I want to tell Kylie to like pick on someone her own size. You know? Well, what is she doing with that small child, Timothy Chalamet, that, that, that frail boy, that Victorian era child? He's like so Victorian era and she's so like 21st, century instabatty slim thick era they they just they're just like from different realms i feel like two universes are colliding and they're going to explode like if if they ever like really got together like we're really officially dating like tectonic plates would shift and um like atoms in the the, the air would shake and the the universe would just split into two I, I i just don't see them together it feels wrong kylie is so brave for dating this twink a scrawny little white boy her hip bones are stronger than his biceps if she acts if, if, if he acts up if timothy acts up she'll beat his ass like we should do some wellness checks on him i just like even stormy could abuse him i i i don't know people are like timothy's too good for kylie i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so at all Timothy, yeah, he's like an established, respected actor at quite a young age. Like he's very accomplished, um, upper echelon. Like he's in, like he's an A-lister, and he has a really good reputation. And that's definitely something to consider. I think he's a really respectable, intelligent man. But at the same time, have you seen videos of him when he's not doing something work-related? Have you seen videos of him in college? doing raps and looking like maddie b raps and acting like machine gun kelly acting like a wild little child trying to be the white boy with swag who wears pants that show his underwear and are like our baggy he just has a very like de like delinquent vibe to him almost i don't think she's too good for, i like i don't think he's too good for her and remember the rumor that she that he gave the whole school chlamydia he gave his whole university chlamydia something tells me that that was not just a rumor i feel like he is a wild child and not as uh like uppity as you would think i feel like they would really have a you know what? Maybe they would have a lot to talk about. The maturity level seems to be matched there. 
So maybe this couple makes a lot more sense. Now, I feel like I'm convincing myself of them. Physically, it makes no sense. Like, the puzzle pieces just don't go together with them physically. But mentally, the puzzle pieces go together. You know who else never made any sense mentally or physically? Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy. But we don't have to worry about that anymore because they broke up. They broke up. That sounds so freeing to say. War is over. War is over. That song is so creepy. I never want to hear that song again. Is, is, isn't that a Christmas song? The war is over song? some creepy ass shit but really war is over the great war has ended as if my weekend couldn't get any better i feel like i had something to do with this she saw me and she was like he wants me to break up with her with him i know it petty the guy in section f that i can squint and see wants me to break up with maddie healy so i did and you guys are welcome what would you do without me making pop girls better one pop girl at a time their relationship was truly a crisis of my faith, though. And I I was, like, hoping Taylor would wake up, and she did. So a source told People, which is I would put on the top tier of Reliable, that they broke up, and that the reason they broke up is because she had fun with him. It was just casual. They're both extremely busy, and they realized that they're not as compatible as they thought that they were for each other. Taylor's friends want the best for her and are not shocked that this relationship fizzled out since she recently got out of a long-term relationship. And as you know, nothing good starts in a getaway car. No, nothing good starts in a getaway car. Remember where you first met me driving the getaway car. We were flying, but we never get far. They never got far. They were only together for a month. I go on too many dates, but I can't make them stay. So why are they not compatible? Hmm. I wonder why. Maybe it's because of his racist comments. Maybe it's because of the Nazi march and salute to Hitler he was doing at one of his concerts. Maybe, maybe it's because of his tone-deaf humor that reeks of entitlement. Maybe it's his misogynistic comments about how dating Taylor Swift would be emasculating. Or he's surprised that women can be intelligent while also dressed like that. Or maybe it was him calling uh, Ice Spice the Inuit Spice Girl. Calling her a chubby Chinese lady. A fucking Eskimo. Taylor Swift's new bestie. Karma's gonna track you down. Facts. Facts. Maybe it's because his teeth resemble the yellow brick road. I don't know. But Taylor, she woke up. She is a pathological people pleaser. And she wants to please her fans. She's on the internet. Taylor Swift has a burner account. Oh, and when we find it, when if anyone ever finds Taylor Swift's burner accounts and see what she likes, that, that will be the day her career will end. That, that, that would be the only thing that could take her down. Going through her Twitter likes or her TikTok likes on her burner account. Ooh. That would be the fucking day. That would, that would be karma for miss t swift but i don't think she deserves any i think she's perfect and i love her truly uh but she listens to her fans she listens intensely and anytime they uh have something to say or want to critique her she really does do it like remember a few episodes ago when i was talking about how they want her to give more attention to the lgbtq community on her tour because of the 
800 bills, legislations that's being passed in all these states that she's going to to take away their rights and, you know, me included. Uh, she, she was quite silent about that until her first Chicago date. And then she gave a whole speech about uh, Pride Month and how she encourages everyone to be very aware when the midterms are and only vote for representatives that are allies and have the best interests of the queer community in mind and that she considers her concert a safe space is still a huge advocate and loves the LGBTQ. She, she I'm, I'm not saying like she saw my post, but she saw a lot of people's, you know, discussing that online. It was like, you know what? They're right. I truly think she sees everything we say about her on the internet. So that's probably why she broke up with, with Maddie Healy. She puts her career, her relationship with her fans and her bag first as she should. And not, I'm not saying like her fans should control her life or she should like live in fear of what the Swifties will say about her, but we're not that picky. We're quite accepting of all her boyfriends, except someone like this who just had a really crazy history of doing so many horrible things. And I'm not really like saying history, like the month before they started dating. And then he said, Oh, I'm going to stop being loud online because the era of me being an asshole is over. Like the week after they started dating, like it was too late to change, babe. It, 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 it was too late. We're very sorry. So maybe before she was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because they were friends and she wanted to see him as her friend and this good guy that she knows. But then she woke up and they are over. Thank God. So Maddie Healy this week has been kind of loud uh, in terms of at his concerts. He's been giving speeches. He did an interview with the New York Post about a lot of the problematic things he was saying. Maybe he was... This was like a last ditch effort to show Taylor that he's husband material and she doesn't have to be ashamed of him, but it didn't work. So he was on tour and he gave such a non-apology to Ice Spice, like the worst, most insincere. I'm only saying this because I have to, I don't really give a fuck kind of apology. He said, I just feel a bit bad and I'm kind of a, and I'm, and I'm kind of a bit sorry. <laughs> I just feel a bit bad and I'm kind of a bit sorry. I've never heard someone say I'm kind of a bit sorry. Like, like, so how sorry are you? Are you sorry at, at all, Matty? Are you sorry at all? I love that phrase though. I'm kind of a bit sorry if I've offended you. Ice Spice, I'm sorry. It's not because I'm annoyed that me joking got misconstrued. Girl, you joking didn't get misconstrued. You, it's it's like that's a direct quote. That's 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 not a misconstrued, jumbled up, taken out of context. We we heard the the context in the episode. We played the whole thing. You were truly making fun of API accents, calling her chubby and an Eskimo. Bitch, the, where where's the the misconstruction? And then he said, it's because I don't want Ice Spice to think I'm a dick. I love you, Ice Spice. I'm so sorry. I don't want it to be misconstrued as mean. So what should it be properly construed as? Nice? Kind? Normal? I didn't... I, I, I don't mind being a bit of a joker. But I'm genuinely sorry if I've upset them because I fucking love them. That's a non-apology for multiple reasons because he says, I'm sorry if I upset you. Not that I'm sorry about what I said and I'm really going to take accountability. He's like, I'm sorry if you're upset about things that were completely misconstrued 
I'm I'm kind of a bit sorry about misconstrued things that made you upset because you're a weak little snowflake bitch. I'm perfect and everything I say is completely right and accurate and funny and amazing and it's everyone else who has a problem. Some sources were saying Taylor Swift changed her mind about Maddie Healy because of these apologies that were so bad and I wouldn't doubt it. Then he gave another non-apology when he was speaking to the New Yorker. The New Yorker. And he said that the controversy that with everyone talking about him and how horrible he is, quote, doesn't actually matter. <laughs> he, his, his whole strategy is just pretend it doesn't exist and it doesn't. He said, nobody is sitting there at night slumped at their computer and their boyfriend comes over and goes, what's wrong, darling? And they go, it's just this thing with Maddie Healy. That doesn't happen. You're either deluded or you are, sorry, a liar. You're either lying that you are hurt or a bit mental for being hurt. It's just people going, oh, there's a bad thing over there. Let me get as close to it as possible so you can see how good I am. And I kind of want them to do that because they're demonstrating something so base level. He's trying to downplay everything he's done by giving this example of an over-exaggerated reaction of someone laying up at night crying over things that he said obviously no one is doing that because no one gives that much of a shit you're just a bad person and we don't need to be crying at night or have that ruin our day for it to be true and you don't get off without a hitch and without consequence just because what you did uh like isn't the worst thing in the in the world or it's it's not taking up our whole lives you still did that uh yeah it's not that big of a deal but it's enough of a deal that we don't like you. And there's no way to gaslight your way out of that. Like you're trying to do. It doesn't actually matter. You're a bit mentally ill. Like he he, he literally said, you're a, you're a bit mental for being hurt over things that I've said. Huh? You're insanely mental for coming to that conclusion. The way that he is reacting to his red flags is an even bigger red flag. It's, it's just red flags everywhere. Six flags, more flags, more fun. But it's just, it's, it's more than, than six. More red flags than China and North Korea. He's so bad at being famous and Taylor Swift is so good at being famous. She's far too good for him. Oh my God, Azalea Banks had the best response to this and I couldn't have put it better. Uh, she is wrong all the time, but even a broken clock is right once a day or twice a day or whatever. So this is what Azalea Banks had to say about uh, Taylor with Maddie. She said... Taylor, this guy is going to give you scabies. He's not on the level of powerful puss you worked hella hard to build. She is so fucking right. He is not on the level of powerful puss that she worked hella hard to build. Like, why would she even put her career at risk for him? That's what I've been saying. So let him go. And then she continued and said, oh, this dude is full incel. You cannot be letting him climb the rich white coochie mountain, sis. <laughs> exactly. That is prime real estate. And Taylor Swift's rich white coochie mountain is Mount Everest. It's it's the, the best of them all. The, the biggest deal of them all. So he is not allowed to summit. She can't be risking anything for a guy who has corn on the cob in his mouth. I also want to say I don't want him to live in the realm of her exes. We're not going to sit here and add him to the Taylor Swift Marvel Cinematic Universe of exes. He's, he's not on that list because, well... It's a very hated and an evil and infamous list. It's still an exclusive list because those guys actually dated her and 
actually had some effect on her. I, I, I don't think his effect was ever that deep. He didn't meet the quota of days and impact to be considered a Taylor Swift ex. So we're going to erase him. <laughs> we're going to have a shared suppression of this memory. Like American history textbooks, we just erase everything bad that Americans did. We're just going to do that. <laughs> I still don't want Joe to come back, though. No, 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 no. Not that bitch who made her feel unloved and unseen and not appreciated. He cannot come back. People online are like, okay, dad, come back. Dad, a.k.a. Joe Alwyn. No. He can stay over there on his scooter riding around London through through the through the homeless streets cuz cuz he's now his sugar mama's gone. Karma is still her boyfriend though and that's all we can ask for. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn the concept of like can people change or can people not change? And I think we can learn that yes, people can change but only we sh we should only take their word for it for them that they've changed if they've actually proven that they have changed. Like, Maddie Healy was going on this tirade when he started to date Taylor and suddenly was apologizing and deleting his Twitter and cleaning up his act and all of this because he didn't want to ruin it for her because he knew all of the fans would dig up everything he's done and he wanted to say that he changed, but he really did not. And people who have not gone above and beyond to prove that they have changed do not deserve a chance like that. And they don't deserve um, the benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve you rif like risking anything by being with them or believing them. They, they just need to go out of their way to really prove that they are a different person and have learned. And uh, like there's, there's genuine progress and signs of deep understanding why the old them was not okay. <laughs> and a, a totally new epiphany and way of life that they just need to, sh to show us so Medihili did not change like he said he did he was he's still a red flag he's still a bad guy to be with and I'm happy that Taylor Swift realized he didn't change like he said he did and she's not gonna believe him anymore I'm so sick of running as fast as I can wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man you know that and I'm so sick of them coming at me again because if I was a man The weekend's new show, The Idol, is finally out. And he directed and produced it alongside the adored but hated Euphoria writer, Euphoria writer, Sam Levinson. Very controversial man. Um, he's pretty cute, though. I feel like being in a relationship with Sam Levinson would be deliciously toxic. He would make you call him sir and say, like, yes, sir, before you do everything. But he's an awful person. And we're going to get into why. So this show premiered with 900,000 viewers this week. Specifically 913,000 people tuned in on HBO Max. Or Max as it's now called. I use my friend's passcode. Because why would I 
subscribe to every different subscription service when I can just build an alliance with five different people to get on theirs. I'm on my mom's Hulu, my sister's Netflix, my friend's HBO Max, and I'm the person who provides the Paramount Plus. <laughs> I'm pulling my way as as well. It's an alliance. It's it's a community, and you should build one. Uh, I wish I could share my password with all of you guys, but with these Netflix, with, I mean, like with these password sharing charges popping up out of nowhere, who knows what would happen? I would, I would get charged a lot and that would not be good. But um, Sam Levinson is toxic. He He's known for, for putting like his sexual fetishes into his work, having a gratuitous amount of nudity to a point where it's not even exciting. It's just like distasteful. It's an eyesore. Like we like, let's just stick to the plot. It's it's not that time of day. We're not in that mood right now, Sam. Please stop. He's he's known for like being a pile driving boss, overworking his crew because of his own mistakes that keep them past the clock, past legal hours, fifteen to seventeen hour long working days. I could never do that. At that point, I'd just be completely unproductive. I would be falling asleep while doing the task I'm supposed to. I'm such a baby when it comes to sleep. Uh, he knows, he's known for like punishing actors or actresses who speak up against him, sidelining them in their roles, ruining his own shows by changing the scripts just to punish actors out of the show and take away their screen time. So petty and stupid. But it's not surprising after hearing how this man really is and working for him sounds terrible. So from the jump, this show was labeled as toxic when details about the script and the concepts were being leaked. It's about a female pop star who is the idol. And she's like in America. She's making a comeback after struggling with mental health issues and addiction. She's come back to the scene, the pop scene, like launching a new album. And through her fragile journey of trying to improve herself and come back, she's surrounded by a horrible team who may or may not have her best interest and a toxic love interest who's trying to manipulate her, and he's played by The weekend. There's a lot of opportunity for toxicity in a plot like that, don't you think? A female pop star who's getting taken advantage of in so many different ways, as we can see in real life, that can go really, really bad uh, in more than one way. Their whole life can be destroyed. They can end up in, end up in a conservatorship for 13 years, have no rights, be given drugs that they don't need, and maybe have mental issues and depression for the rest of their existence. So this show had a lot of exploitative... Uh, content that it was was really raunchy and overdone that's what a lot of viewers are saying upon even just the first episode but before i tell you what i really think about it let me just give you some immediate reviews that uh you know outlets are giving it so here's the first one it says the idol is simultaneously awful self-parody a pretentious art project with grotesquely exploitative subject matter. Sam Levinson's dialogue is about as natural as a chicken nugget. The weekend's performance is awful. It feels like a show made by cis men because it is. This is a review from the top reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes. It says, The idol lacks, a, lacks the requisite self-awareness to be much of anything really it's the extension of a music star's misplaced self-belief of his potential movie star credentials in short it's crude gross and sexist 
The Telegraph said, HBO's Sleazy, the idol, has the worst line of dialogue you will ever hear. So those are really rough and blatantly uh, degrading reviews. They're really, really bad. Zero praise. It's all just awful. Right to the point. And honestly, after watching the first episode last night, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. It was very uncomfortable to watch. It was not an ex- like a fun one hour. And I can watch watch I can watch raunchy things and enjoy them. But this was just done in poor taste and there was no payoff for how raunchy it was. It seemed like a narcissistic straight man's fantasy realm. Like like just some fantasy they've had since watching other straight grown men they've admired since they were like 12. Like they wanted to play these characters since they were 12 and be this you know, straight men who almost act like they're the alpha, mysterious, like omniscient, charming lead in a movie. And but like they they act like that in real life, like they're just the shit, and everyone wants to get with them, and they're the the smartest people in the room. They think they're John Wayne, but like they act like that in real life. But they're actually just the cringiest person you know who has done nothing to deserve that title, and just watching their existence makes you wonder how someone can have so much undeserved confidence. They think they're the man, but they're clearly just a boy living his weird fantasy. It was giving that, and I agree when they said basically The weekend was overhyping his own movie star credentials. It really makes me rethink The weekend, and he has a lot of nasty songs that give the same grotesquely um like exploitative nature of w- of women but seeing it play out in a in a show is just off-putting whereas a song you can like kind of feel the fantasy and vibe and whatever because you're like it's just an overdramatic song it's trying to set the mood in an extreme way like you, you you just can't see past its nasty nature when it's on screen like this um it's it's actually so much of a delusional male fantasy that the female director who was working on the show was cut out of the show she was fired, apparently, because The weekend thought she had too much female perspective. And he fired her when 80% of the show was already shot. So they reshot 80% of the show. And to make sure the reshot was different, they made the main character, Lily Rose Depp, dye her hair a different color. So they wouldn't get like anything confused or, you know, it would just be this whole new thing. And they used The weekend's house to refilm so they can save money since they're refilming so much on location. Um, but honestly, after the female perspective was gone from that director, the show was, was worse off. They needed a female perspective. There was just so much raunchy, almost like P-O-R-N, like sexual content and just such, such like tone deaf comments that miss the mark so much that you just want to save yourself the brain damage and turn it off halfway through. There's a line in the episode where they're talking about like, like the, the pop star lead was just in a mental hospital and they were like, mental health is uh, oh no 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 they said mental illness is sexy like there was there was this just extensive dialogue about how mental illness is sexy because men who would fantasize about this female pop star would would want her to be mentally ill because maybe then they would have a chance with her like what huh unless you're trying to only appeal to the nastiest uh, like 500 pound men who are the n- grossest incels living in their parents' basement when they're 50. Like, unless you're appealing to that kind of person, 
why are you saying that? Like, I feel like the show is made by, by a grown man with a seventh grade reading level and the mentality of a 12-year-old. It just comes across satirical as if it should be making fun of something, but you can tell they were trying to be serious. And there was just, like, rapey scenes that are not sexy and they're just out of left field. Totally disturbing to anyone who isn't Sam Levinson or The Weeknd and twisted in the head. Like, at one point, he strangled her and put a sheet over her head and then, like, stabbed... Like, like, like he told her to open her mouth and then he stabbed a hole in her mouth so she can breathe again. And like, and then he like rubs ice on her vagina. It's, it's just very sick and twisted. It's like a hundred shades of gray, not just 50 shades of gray, but not even sexy. So the weekend is more toxic than Sam, honestly. And the weekend is so toxic that people think he exploited Selena Gomez's life for this show. The rumor is that he used very vulnerable and personal parts of Selena's life to write the show, things that she told him in confidence. And remember, they dated. He denies that it's about her. Sam Levinson shut down claims that Jocelyn, that's the pop star's name. So they, they, they say that Jocelyn is not based on any pop star. And according to Deadline, he said, we're not trying to tell a story about any particular pop star. But the fact that he even had to be like, we're not, talking about anyone in particular makes me feel like they obviously are like he, he just had to be like no one in particular and just make it so obvious so the weekend said a lot of jocelyn is based on my personal experiences experiences of other artists that i've witnessed both male and female i wanted to make a dark twisted fairy tale about the music industry and everything i know about it so here's the parts where there's major selena gomez comparisons that it's so obvious it's as obvious as a Taylor Swift song is about which guy, like, that this show is about Selena Gomez. So, first of all, this is, like, a fictional pop star who used to be a child star. Because there's a line where a Vanity Fair writer is talking to her and she was like, I grew up watching you on this show. And she's still a very young girl, so she was a child star on some kind of sitcom or show, like Selena, with Wizards of Waverly Place. And Jocelyn, the pop star, just canceled the tour because of mental health. And if you remember, Selena Gomez canceled her revival tour in 2016 because of her mental health. Then she was taken to like a, a mental health facility just to work on herself uh, because of like her anxiety and depression. And she was diagnosed with lupus. So her mental health was just not doing good. So she checked in. And then she started dating The Weeknd right after that. Literally right after that. So it's like the part of Selena that he was with her for is what he's putting into the show. Coincidence? I think not. He was around her during that exact time of this plot that's going on in the show. Like, what the fuck? Another reason is that this show opens with Jocelyn having her album cover shoot. And she's naked. And she's at the same time wearing her mental health hospital patient wristband. And you know what else is wild? When Selena Gomez was doing her cover shoot for the Bad Liar single artwork, she was almost nude and wearing a mental health patient wristband that said risk on it like she's like at risk like she's like um like a men like she's she's like a flight risk you know so there's the direct parallel of someone being sexy while also having a mental health wristband on glorifying mental illness and just the fact of her having no clothes on while making her album cover. Selena Gomez had no clothes on while making the Revival album cover. She was naked on that shoot. Um, then, she has 
Jocelyn has a toxic relationship with her assistant, who's her best friend, but also her very toxic assistant. And if you remember in Selena Gomez's documentary, everyone was saying that her best friend Raquel, who's also her assistant, is very toxic and she should stop working with her. That's exactly what's going on with Jocelyn and her assistant. I believe her name is Lily or Leah or something. She's played by the amazing Rachel. Wait, what was her name? It's like Rachel Shannon or something. Wait, let me look. Rachel something. Wait, you need to know this icon. Rachel Sinan. She's such a legend. She's the best actress in that show. She was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Shiva baby. She carries the idol, truly. But yeah, there's a lot of very obvious parallels to someone getting taken advantage of in the music industry who's dealing with mental health, but is still being told to keep their career going. And at one point, the actress jocelyn or the pop star saying i want to be more sexy i feel the pressure to be more sexy after falling off for a while because my mental health and selena gomez was saying she felt the pressure to be more sexy during her revival era um and like show more skin so very obvious parallels going on according to some sources i'm not sure quite how reliable but selena gomez is disgusted because she sees the obvious comparisons and does not plan on watching the show that objectifies and degrades the female lead character in a way uh, like like that that could hit too close to home or be very real or just regressive in its nature in general so i agree with selena and as you guys know i'm not the biggest selena fan or supporter in all aspects but i would definitely be on her side in this matter because why is he exploiting her like crazy her mental health struggles are always have always been very real her struggle with depression and bipolar disorder and lupus all of that is very real Besides me saying she starts problems with people and garners her fans to bully people, I, I do think her mental health struggle is something to respect and be taken seriously. And I don't like how it's being exploited like this. And The weekend's really nasty for doing that. And it really shows his true colors. And I think this show is going to be bad for his career. Like, truly bad for his career. Sometimes people are like, there's no such thing as bad press. He'll be fine. No. Gen Z, there is such thing as bad press. We do not forgive or let up on people. So watch the show if you want. It's quite nasty and not the most quality of content. Um, but it will definitely be something to talk about. So the, the idol on HBO Max right now. So now we're going to get into the what would you like to share with the class segment. I haven't done one of these in a while, but I really do like doing them. I feel like it, it's, it's just very eye-opening knowing that us regular civilians have quite interesting, exciting lives just like celebrities, but, you know, aren't blasted on Hollywood access and entertainment tonight. So this one comes from my iconic, amazing listener, Brooke. She says she listens with her husband um, all the time. Wait, I'm sorry. Or he was your boyfriend. Wait, now I feel the need to go back to our DMs and make sure I'm like giving you guys the right title here. Taking your relationship seriously. Um, wait, 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 wait. My, oh, you, your fiance. Oh my God, congratulations. So almost married. I better be the officiator. Okay, but let's get into it because the story is wild. So, Brooke, thank you for submitting this. Brooke wants to tell me a story about one of her friends who she was trying to get away from a guy who's a red flag. But this guy isn't just a red flag. He is a communism red flag. It, it, it is as red as the Red Sea. As red as my period blood. It's, it's very red. So it says... 
okay, Patty, where to begin? So me and all my girls have this one friend. We're going to call her Sean. I'm just, I'm just going to call her Sean. So Sean has been dating this guy, Mark, for about three years. And then out of the blue, she dumped his ass and just started thotting and bobbing, thotting and bopping around. Which honestly, we are all like, Slay girl, do you? Yeah, I'd be on the same page. I would support my friends who are being thoughts as long as they're being safe. I'll people I'll poke my head in. Do you guys want some snacks? Do you want a condom? A plan B? I want my friends to be safe, but I want them to do thoughts too. Then she continued and said, Well, about four weeks into her and her new glorious hoe phase, she met this guy who is basically a drug dealing pimp who has control of all these other girls' OnlyFans pages and whatnot. Bro, that literally sounds like Andrew Tate. He would control girls' webcams careers and be their pimp and uh like take all their their money and give them really small dividends of what they've earned seriously awful so it sounds like an andrew tate situation that she got into not a guy you want to run into on your hoe phase ruin everything so apparently this new guy in her life let's just call him clint this new man who is this only fans pimp he has quite a wild story as well so Clint had a fiance not even a year ago who actually OD'd and died, I guess. Very sad. Oh, oh, she passed away. Well, all right. <laughs> so she died. And now he's trying to replace her with Sean. Like Sean is the new vessel to let Clint pretend like his, his ex-fiance is still alive. Like Clint is making Sean wear all of his ex-fiance's clothes and making her wear her perfume and all of that but she's oblivious to it and thinks she's in love but now she's doing all kinds of drugs and won't tell us any of this and she's making her own only fans damn he must be love bombing her like to the extreme but it's weird because it's almost like he's love bombing his ex-fiance who's dead but uh like he cannot he can't face it so he's giving all this love to the memory of her who's just presented in 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 the body that is sean but, you know, obviously Sean deserves real love. So that's very sad. And now she's making OnlyFans and doing drugs with him. I mean, we we, we, we support people uh, doing recreational safe drugs and making OnlyFans if they want. But it sounds like maybe she's being manipulated into doing these things. We don't love that she's just trying to, you know, make this guy happy who she wants to continue being loved by. Poor Sean. We need, we need to help this girl. Brooke continued, so like three weeks into their crazy relationship, Clint overdoses and is now in a coma? Oh my God, karma tracked him down. Can't say, you know, maybe a timeout in a coma isn't the best for him. So Sean, after he gets in this coma, said that, you know, maybe she's over him, realized he was not the best person, and told Brooke that she's going to dump him. But it doesn't seem like she's actually following through with that because now she's like taking over the business that he's in a coma. She's running drugs for him. She's probably being the pimp for all the girls on OnlyFans. Like she's the HBIC now. She's the mob wife who had to take over. So now Sean is like really in deep in this world. And Brooke said that all of her and her friends are really concerned for her crazy ass and really don't know what to do anymore. Uh, one of our friends is so over it and she doesn't want to talk to Sean anymore but i can't just let her go without trying everything i can to get her back to a safe space and i know she doesn't need that nutty dude damn well brooke 
first of all, you're like one of those real people who won't give up on someone. But like once you do give up on someone, then it's it's really over. So I I, I would just say, um, don't give up on Sean too quickly. Uh, keep trying, keep trying to be that amazing friend that you are and let her see the light and that her life can have so many other possibilities and so many other guys who will love her just as much and make her feel so much excited, so so much more excited that she doesn't need to run drugs for or pimp out girls for. Just let her see all the light of what her life could be and maybe she should escape now while Clint is still in a coma and help her out with that, but don't have it become this huge life project for yourself where you're not uh, like taking care of yourself and wasting so much energy on her because you don't need all that negative energy in your life and you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink it so i would say try, try to help shauna the best you can and if she's just too stubborn and wants to live that life with pimp daddy clint let her do that don't completely cut her off or completely get, like give up on her let her know you'll always be there for her if she needs you or is in a tough time because she sounds like she's still a decent person if you don't want to give up on her and she's a smart girl she just needs to see the light so don't fully give up on her let her know that you'll be there but yeah you can't keep on trying to get someone out of that really deep crazy like situation i feel like she's bonded by by blood into this kind of cult that is clint wow her life is crazier than the idol that we were just talking about. That's wild. If one of my friends was just adjacent to me having that wild, insane life, and I was just living my boring, plain Jane existence, I wouldn't even know what like what to think or feel. I'd be like, do you ever get tired of living an HBO Max show in, in real life? <laughs> uh, like, And it's not even a limited series that ends after eight episodes. Like, You're constantly going through these crazy life events with Clint. Is it is it worth it? You got to get out of there, girl. I, I, I just wouldn't know what to do. It, yeah, it would concern me too. I'd probably want to step in and intervene, but I'm sure Sean will find her way out at one point. But thank you for that wild story, Brooke. We, we would love some updates here. And if you would like to be featured on the next, what would you like to share with the class segment? Please DM me. Put me in your story. I'll see it faster or just DM me and I might just see it. But uh, l l let me know some juicy tea that the class would love to hear because that was some wild ass shit. And it makes me feel b better about my own calm life sometimes boring is good all right you guys well thank you for joining me for today's episode of pop culture university um i hope you had an amazing time hanging out and attending class today i felt so happy to be back and just shoot the shit kind of talking to myself here but also i know i'm talking to a lot of my amazing students so thank you for coming and being patient i'll definitely update you on my crazy fast move goes it will be so wild i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pull this off it's about to be some extreme change in a short time, but I'm excited and I'm ready. Um, I'll definitely be posting updates about it on TikTok and Instagram. Make sure to follow me there for more Eras Tour, fun behind the scenes content and life updates and whatnot. But until next episode, I'm so excited to hang out again and have the most safe, fun week. This is like the best time of the year, truly. June is like the peak of life everywhere. In Chicago, it's so nice right now. I'm kind of pissed that I'm moving now because Chicago is like beautiful during June. If you ever wanted to visit, do it over the summer. It's the perfect almost utopia because there's beaches, 
but there's also like the cityscape and billions of things to do and the weather is so crisp and hot and sunny it's like a tropical island in the middle of well not a tropical island but it's like really a destination in the middle of america so come check it out i'll probably try to do everything i can in chicago for these next few weeks hopefully we'll not get too busy and pulled every which way off to see everyone before i go and everything oh my god i feel like these next two weeks will just be crazy so i'm just gonna try to live life and do it all and i encourage you to do the same live life and do it all in these next few weeks um but yeah i'll see you guys on friday until then you know what to do rate this podcast five star blah blah blah. like post me on your story blah blah blah. follow me on instagram youtube tiktok my snap show unfiltered pop do it snap show unfiltered pop all right bye love you guys thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube what is up astros fans this is jeff balke and my partner former astro jeff blum from the believe in astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion houston astros covered every week we go inside the clubhouse break down the games discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the houston astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason so tune in to the believe in astros podcast that's b-l-e-a-v on apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros